Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I want to help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Our speaker today is Dr. Amy Shaw, a double board certified medical doctor and wellness expert specializing in allergy and immunology, hormones, and gut health. She's graduated from magna cum laude from Cornell University School of Nutrition and went on to complete her MD residency and fellowship training at Einstein, Harvard, and Columbia University hospitals. Man, I'm already intimidated here. <laughs> She's been named in the top doctor list 2016, 17, 18, 19, and 20 by Phoenix magazine and featured on national TV and magazines such as Elle, People, Shape, and Allure. She lives in Phoenix, Arizona, loves being active, and is married with two children. I'm So Effing Tired is her first book published by Hutin Milfin Helcourt, and she's got a second book coming out really soon, and guess what it's called? I'm So Effing Hungry. <laughs> And you guys can follow her at Fasting MD. You can tag her at Fasting MD. And Dr. Amy, I'm super excited to have you. Welcome to our second ever Vision Day. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Awesome. Before we dive into some of our questions, why don't you just share with our audience who you are and what you do, and then we'll dive into our fun stuff. Yeah, so thanks so much for the intro. I think a lot of people here their story, they're defined by their past. And I think when I went through all the schooling, I really thought, wow, I've made it. I Once I finished nutrition school, I've made it. Then after nutrition school, I was like, no, I need to do more. So I went to medical school. And then I thought, once I finished that, I've made it. And I kept going on the cycle. And after I got out of all of my training, like multiple 20 years of training, I got this amazing job. And I thought, well, once I make partner in this, I am going to be successful. Like I'm going to be so happy. And so I worked really hard. I was so killing it in my practice that there were people who were coming to watch how I was growing it so fast. And I made partner in record time. And when I became partner and everybody was like, how did you do it? You're making all this money. You're creating all this change. I was miserable inside and at the pinnacle of my financial or outward success, I was miserable on the inside. And I know that a lot of people can relate. Like sometimes you feel like you just need to get to this destination and you'll be happy. And mm. finally I got to that destination and I wasn't happy because mm. I was not feeling good. I felt like my life was out of control. I was doing things at work. I was working on things that weren't really fulfilling my true passion. And so I knew that I needed to make a change. And that's really this new passion of the new business that I've created is really came out of that frustration of feeling like success and happiness is not what it seems on the outside. So my first question is about values. So my definition of a value is something that you prize highly and practice daily. So I'm going to flip this question on you. Maybe what values were you not practicing? that you're practicing now that created that misalignment? I really wanted to make an impact on more than just myself and my bottom line and, and the one person maybe that I was talking to. I really thought I had more to offer. And my value was that when you look back at your life on that final day and your family is talking about you at your funeral, I want to be remembered for something that I'm really proud of. And that's something that I didn't wait my whole life to share with the world. Unfortunately, our family's been dealing with a lot of death this past year. It seems like death after death. And it's crazy. I can resonate with that right now as that nobody talks about their bottom line at the funeral. It's just, yeah. it's all about the relationships and, you know, who they were connected to and whose lives they impacted, but nobody talks about the money once. So I have a question. So with this clarity of your um, values, what problem 
have you decided to make an impact with? What problem is your business addressing? I'm really talking about the food and mind-body connection. So the food mood, the food disease connection. I think people didn't understand for so long how much food and lifestyle, the things you do on a daily basis can impact not only how your diseases show up later in life, but like how you show up today and how well you're going to do in your business today or how, you know, your mood changes with food. I think people don't understand that. And that's why I basically decided, hey, this is something that is unique to me and something I can help educate the world. And really, my business is all based around education and helping people through this process. And that's really what I do. One of my jobs here as the host is to push back a bit and, and ask questions that I know some of our students would ask. And I know I had this when I was helping guys build muscle. I felt like it was an inferior path. My father was a pastor and I watched yeah. him save lives and literally, and I'm helping guys build muscle. And a lot of us, we do help people with the physical body, their fitness, their nutrition, their lifestyle. Maybe speak to just how you've really seen what you do be more than helping somebody with their nutrition and that and how it's become really purposeful for you. Every big transformation starts with your own self, right? So if you've ever heard anybody transforming their life, the life of others, their career, it always starts with the little things, like the things you eat every day, the habits you change, you start to have clarity. You're like, wait, these, this relationship sucks. This job is not really what I want. I am not doing what I'm meant to be doing. So every time I transform someone, they transform their entire lives after that. And so I think that's really the big impact that we're making. And not only that, for me, it's not just about you or the person I'm working with. It's about teaching the next generation, breaking like the generational cycles of mm. what we've been told from society of what's normal and what's healthy and what's what we should be doing. I think that really is what drives me. It's funny you just said that because that was my next question. You just answered it. And I was going to ask who's positively benefited by the problem you're addressing. Maybe just speak a little bit more to the scope of you have, you're not just having tier one impact on your clients in the office or on your social media, but then tier two, tier three. I think sometimes we forget that. Yeah. Mood can be passed down from mood disorders can be passed down from generation to generation. We can pass down brain health from generation to generation. It's crazy, but you can actually change your genes. Like when you're doing these activities to try and transform your body and then the next generation is affected. So not only just by the thoughts, but also literally passing it on through generations after you. It's funny. I was up for dinner with a buddy last night and he's into all sorts of stuff. And he was, she was sharing something like that. Maybe you can share, but like he was, there's, I don't know if you would know research that shows that you can, if you're like moody, like that can be passed into your kids. Like, how does that work? Is that for real? Yeah, it's really for real. So there's this thing called transgenerational epigenetics. So transgenerational genetics that change from you to the next family. So if you've had, that's why trauma um, can be passed down from generation to generation, but you can yes. also reverse that from your standpoint and pass that down to your children. So it's really fascinating that you're going to impact not only yourself, but you're going to impact for generations after you, the knowledge of how to take care of your mind, how to take care of your body, how to impact other people. All of that stuff goes down. It's really fascinating, actually. Yeah, guys, in the chat, what's one thing that you don't want to pass on <laughs> that to, to your kids? Put that in the chat. What are you struggling with? Is anybody, what about if you're like emotionally undisciplined or you're just very emotionally unstable? Is that, I guess that would come from some form of trauma. So the trauma could be passed on, which creates that. Is that right? Yeah. So we talk about why is the world getting moodier or people are getting sadder or more anxious and it's actually happening. And part of the reason it's happening is because it's not just the food that we're eating, but it's the food that our parents are eating. We're passing it down through generations of you're more likely now to be anxious or depressed because of the risk factors that your parents experienced and that you're experiencing as, as a young child. So there's really a lot of things that we can do to reverse that now.
Hmm. So I'm interested, and as we have a lot of coaches here, they offer services, coaching programs. What do your services look like in order to solve these problems? Where did you start? What program? Because it sounds like you could solve a lot of things. A lot of people have different expertises too. So I'd love just to hear what your product suite looks like, what your services look like in order to have this impact. Yeah, that's a great question. When I came out of this business came out of my clinical practice where I said, I want to do more for people. So the first thing I decided is to set up some educational courses. I decided to write a book and I decided to offer um, wellness consultations. But the problem was, is that I was already really busy. And I thought, wait, if I start to do more one-on-ones, I'm going to not be able to do all the education and the speaking and the writing that I really feel like could make a big impact. So I had this amazing business coach, which you know as well, Pedros, Mm -hmm. and he said to me, create the most amazing one-on-one experience that you could ever imagine and price it as such, meaning that you only can take a few clients for your one-on-ones and that will be the most amazing experience you can imagine for them and make it your most premium service. And then everything else comes after that. So then I created courses, recipe books, an actual book that you can just buy at the library through a publisher, speaking, social media, all of that was the umbrella, all these little branches of my business. And then I created actually a food product as well to help people on their journey. And so that's, I feel like my concept and my vision is my umbrella and all of these little, all of these things are from me, consults, education, programs, products, books. So you started with the one-on-one, the high ticket though? Yeah. The one-on-one, I was really afraid to build that out because of one, I was afraid that it's high ticket Two, afraid that I would be so busy in the trenches like I was in my clinical practice. And now I still had my clinical practice and now I'm starting this new thing. So I made that kind of my most elite signature program. And then after that, if you couldn't do that, then there was all these other things that you could do. The doctors that I know who aren't doing what you're doing are charging by the hour. And when you tell them how little it is that you tell them how much other people are charging, they, they freak out. Were you charging by the hour too? Yeah. Before I started, I was really afraid to even create a signature high-end program because I thought I, it's like that basically you stop yourself from doing the best you can because you're just afraid. One, what if, what will people think? What if nobody Mm. buys it? What if people don't like it? That whole thing. And so it took me a while. Like I had to write my book. I had to build out some of the programs to really know what I wanted to do as my signature one-on-one. Maybe just speak to that a bit. I literally just got off a call with a doctor here in Canada and his fear going online is that he's going to be seen as a salesman selling snake oil amongst his other doctor peers. Was that, yeah. how did you handle that? Was that a concern or, cause yeah. that's a real concern for many people. I'm selling stuff on the internet now. Yeah, because you see when you go on the internet, everybody's trying to sell you something. And a lot of, it's so easy. You don't understand. Every day I get an offer to back a supplement or to back a pill. And I have to decide morally, who am I? Am I a person who is going to spread the message of health? Or am I going to profit off of this position that I have that I was gifted? And I think long-term, when you're thinking about your values and you're thinking about this, that funeral day, I really want to be thought of, of with the impact. And there are things that can fit in. There are amazing, healthy products that could, but I say no 95% of the time because I know what the long game is for me. And I really do I do know that the respect that I get from my peers, as well as the people I work with, hinges on that. That's really important. Yeah, because you do, as you start to grow, you do have more opportunities. You don't have fewer. And learning how to say no is crucial. But what would the world look like if you eliminated the problem that your broader vision is attacking? I think people would be happier. Honestly, I do, because I think that the, we've basically figured out that depression is not what we thought it was. And anxiety and depression are really more of a nutrition circadian rhythm problem than we ever mm-hmm. thought before. And so I think that we would be happier. And really, that's the 
point of all of it. And you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and I'm one of them. I'm a guy that I would never use the word depressed Yeah. and feel like it's, I'm better than that. I don't get depressed. Mm -hmm. I get stressed. I know stress comes from fear, but how do you help with people who might be actually in a state of maybe speak to that? That's what I want you to do. Speak to the, there might be a lot of people here who are in fact depressed, but they don't even know it. And yeah. it's coming from maybe the last couple of years, we've been in these states of uncertainty. Now you're trying to achieve, you're trying to grow, but like the importance of addressing this, where do you start with somebody who's feeling these feelings of maybe depression or it is, but they don't even know it. Yeah, Vince, this is such a great topic because I was like that too. Like you always get this thought that high achievers, or if you're like, you can't complain, you can't say, label yourself as someone who has a problem and can't play victim. I used to call it stress. I used to be like, I'm, I'm just going through a lot of stress right now, but that was code word for like anxiety. And it was it was because of this societal pressure to always keep going no matter what. And so I think that there's a wide range. Obviously, there are people who have suicidal thoughts every day. There's, But there's also people who just feel like they don't have the energy or they don't have the motivation that they used to. Or they don't feel like doing the things that they don't. And all of us have those days, but when they become more frequent... That's when, that's when I knew that I needed to do something about it. I felt like I wasn't my old self. Like I was a, a version of myself that was more cranky and irritable and less motivated. And I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that meant that I needed to make a change. So that's how do you not do some of the things that you used to do because you're tired or you're unmotivated and do you feel like you are a little more irritable or moody than you used to be? Or are you overly stressed? These are all words that a lot of entrepreneurs can relate to because they may not know the traditional signs. They may not be sleeping in bed all day, or they may not have the traditional signs of anxiety or depression. Just a personal question. So if somebody, what are some of your tips on helping somebody who's in a funk? We experience yeah. this a lot with entrepreneurs. You have the, everyone's coming, come excuse me, come off their big Black Friday promotion. Everybody just had record set. If you didn't get so, I don't mean to add more stress to you, but let's just say a lot of people had a record setting Black Friday month and now there's a dip and there's these swings yeah. in mood. What are the things that your practice, your work does to help somebody? And a lot of people here are moms and dads, they have young kids. Like, Guess what? Your kids don't give a crap about your business. You have to be stable when you walk in that door or else they suffer. And then there's emotional fallout. So what are some tips to maintain stabilization, steadiness in the home when you're in a line of work that is up and down? Yeah, that's such a good question. Remember that motivation follows action. So I always think like, when you're doing your daily walk, for example, I do a outdoor daily walk and it's on a good day or on a bad day. And I know that the motivation follows the action. So sometimes you wake up and you're motivated to take action, right? But a lot of times you wake up and you just go through the motions of whatever habits you've set and um, the action, like the motivation follows. So that I think of it when I talk about health. So there's these gut bacteria, there's these creatures that live inside of our body and they, when they're healthy and happy and they start to grow, they start to send signals to your brain through dopamine and serotonin to make you happy or crave good things. So those bacteria, in order for them to grow and send your brain signals of happiness, of creating the right things, of mo motivating you to do the right things, they need time to grow and send those signals. So you have to actually take the action steps first in order to feel the help and motivation later. So I think that's my biggest thing is like set some habits that are non-negotiables that you'll do on a good day or a bad day. So that can help you kind of get yourself out of a funk. Even if you woke up that this morning and you were like, I just don't feel like doing, going to work, doing that client call, making that, taking that big risk, or I feel, or maybe you feel like my life sucks. Like, why did I choose this path? But if you go through the motions of the day that are there to support you, likely the motivation will start to come back as soon as you start to do those 
actions. That's, that's really, really good. Yeah. You, you know, people trust their feelings way too much these days. And, but you, your feelings are a product of what you focus on. Oh, and we've been, is- honestly, in our world, our feelings of motivation, which is our dopamine, have been hijacked, right? Every company out there knows how to hijack your dopamine. And so you need to know how to hijack your own dopamine. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a, it literally does feel like a battle. And yeah. if you're not stacking wins, taking action, then you're not in that state of momentum, motivation to keep building off of it. So that's really good. So let's uh, shift conversation a bit. Like, where are you going? And I think a big part of vision is knowing where you're going. People say, hey, Vince, I, need, I, want, I want help with this. I want help with that. I'm like, well, where are we going? <laughs> like, where are we right now? And where's the yeah. destination? I'm going, I'm here right now and I'm going downtown Nashville. Okay, cool. We take this road here. I don't even know the destination. So let's talk about where you're going. And yeah. I think it's a good, I love when other people talk about where they're going because it sometimes unlocks ideas for where they can go as well. Yeah, I think that's, I, like you said, I don't see the final destination, but I know that I'm going towards more of that impact. I think that if you are wanting to be a leader in any field that you're in, you have to work on impact over that other things like shiny objects. Like, yeah, I want to be on TV. Yeah, I want money. Yes, I want all of these things. But really what I want is I want to make an impact. And so if I work towards that goal, I'm going to get there faster than being being so distracted by the shiny objects. Gotcha. That yeah, people first, right? We put people first, you can never go wrong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that's going to be your final purpose, right? That's your, that's when you're living in purpose. What about down the road in terms of I've been thinking beyond a year, in terms of what your product suite looks like, uh, lifestyle. I always help our students set a couple set set a couple goals: income, impact, delivery, meaning like how's the product evolve, uh, contribution, and then CEO lifestyle. So what is what is your family doing as a reward for all your hard work and risk that you're taking? What kind of things are you thinking about? So the when you work from impact point of view, the sky's the limit, right? So every year I grow. I think in the first three months of this year, I was bigger than I was all of last year. So I'm growing at a rapid rate, not only in revenue, but also in impact. So I think that where I see myself in five years, this can literally, if I keep on the same trajectory, there is a lot more in store for me. So I want to do I have a second book coming out in February, which I think is really impactful because it's talking about the stuff that we're talking about, the brain gut connection. How do we control our cravings and our mood, which I think is a huge impact on a lot of people. And so programs, products, and support around that book. Hmm. And then I really see myself, I still do a little bit of clinical medicine because that's what, that's my boots on the ground. That's my patients that I see on a daily basis. But I think that I will move away from that and concentrate specifically on growing this business so that I have more time and more energy. Because when you're in the clinic working one-on-one with a patient, like I'm all there. I know that in the next five years for me to sustain the growth, I'm going to have to build teams. I'm going to have to step away from my clinical practice. I'm going to have to build a life that is supportive of that rapid growth because with rapid growth is a lot of fallout if you don't plan for it. I'm going to get hate mail if I don't start to ask some questions for the ladies here. So you're a mom, young, yeah. two, two young kids. Yes. And there's a lot of women here in the audience and questions they bring to me are questions that I would feel more comfortable female answering. So Maybe ladies, this is your chance now to ask Dr. Amy Shaw questions around just, again, I don't think, I don't want to put anyone up on a pedestal that has this all figured out because this is probably one of the hardest things to balance family and kids and then your ambition and your goals. Who's got a question here and maybe you can start speaking to it right now, but you know, as a mom with young kids with ambition, how do you go about managing and those are a lot of responsibilities. Those are a lot of pressures and, and your heart's probably it wants to be in one place and, and multiple places at once from what, yeah. what I understand. So how do you deal with it? How advice? Yeah. So the superwoman concept that I have in my head is not a superwoman who is frazzled and doing a thousand things at once. All like 
I really think of superwoman as someone who is very focused and is not trying to do every single thing, is really focused on the goal at hand. I think that is the real superwoman. So for me, I had to break away from the societal pressures of like, oh, so what do you cook all day? Or what's your laundry schedule? I'm like, no, I have decided what impact I want to make on my children, what impact I want to make on the world. And everything else is secondary. And so I get help on that or I don't do it, whatever it is, because as a woman, most men entrepreneurs don't get those questions of, oh, how do you handle the kid pickup or spending time with the children or doing the cooking? And I'm like, just the way anybody else would, if it's a priority to me, I make it happen. And if it's not a priority to me, it's not something that I need. I don't need to juggle the thousands of things that is expected of every uh, woman in this world by society. So I love what you said. Those are starting to come in. So from Trianka from the Netherlands, she wants to know what does a typical day look like? Yeah, that's changed a lot over the last, like I said, the rapid growth comes with a lot of learning and change. And so typically what I like to do is I like to do a half day or at least two and a half hours of clinical work where I still am a partner in my medical practice. I go in physically see patients for about two hours and then maybe do an hour of paperwork and notes and phone calls to other physicians or anything I need to do for my clinical practice. And then I spend the rest of the day on my business. So the way it works is morning non-negotiables is a workout, a fasted workout, usually in sunlight, because I think that people don't realize that we all, we have a clock in every single one of ourselves and they need to be reset every day for it to work for your mood, for your health. So I always get some natural light, even if it's not sunny or cloudy day. I always start my day off with a little cushion of about an hour where I have to work out, where I have to read. I walk. There's got to be, I always have a cushion because I don't want to start my day just like rolling out of bed. Like I used to like roll out of bed and run as fast as I could to get everything I needed and get in the car. And I just decided that I needed to be able to sustain the growth. I needed to be doing that. And then I do the one thing, like every morning I think, okay, what is the one thing that is going to move me forward today? Because I do that right away. Like after I do my walk, after I start my day, that is the first thing I do. And it's the one thing usually before I get into clinic or do anything else, I finish that one task because I think that we all have to-do lists and the to-do list includes call back your aunt or whatever, but you do have that one thing that day that could move everything. And I think that if you can be brave, because in the mornings when you're brave, when you have the most motivation, when you're most likely to accomplish that task, just do it then. And then the rest of the day is up to you. Yes, you can get through your to-do list whenever. So I try to batch the tasks that are not as important, but still have to get done towards the end of the day, because I want to mm -hmm. concentrate on the first part of the day as the things that are the needle movers. And then basically I prep most of my food, pack it up, take it with me, go to clinic, come back home. And then I'm doing one-on-one -on -one calls. I'm talking to publicists or doing book stuff. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing all kinds of different work in the afternoon. It's like creative work. And then in the evening, in between my kids' activities and is when I really do the to-do list tasks. Oh, I have to book this trip for my speaking event, or I have to get this gross Instacart grocery list done for the week. And so I try to just batch my brain power in a way that mm. I'm optimizing it and getting the things done that I want to. That's really cool. Give me an example of one or two of your, I call them MIT's most important tasks that you've been working on lately. So the most important task that I had, let me think the other, oh, I had to set up my Christmas holiday promotion for my business. So I sell the only physical product I have is a pretty much the only is a chai latte powder. It's an instant a mixed powder and it does really well over the holidays. It's a great gift. It is healthy. It's sugar-free. It's full of all these great ingredients. So I thought we did a Black Friday promotion, of course, and then it was time for us this week. I had to decide what we were going to do for the holiday promotion that would be 
best serve our clients who've already seen the Black Friday thing. So I had to brainstorm and decide what I was going to do. And that was going to be the big needle mover because now that's everything's going to hinge on that decision. We're Mm. building out the landing page for that decision. We're talking to our audience about how to use it in holiday um, treats or whatever. So that was a big needle mover thing for my business. And then the uh, the next day it was, I had to announce my new book, like officially on social media. And I had to create the announcement. And that's a big deal because you want to capture people's attention. You want them to sign up for the pre-orders. You want them to be captivated with the idea. And so it can't just be like, Hey, I wrote this book. Like it's, it took me days, but really that final day to decide what I was going to do for that. Gotcha. That's great. What's your sleep schedule look like? I love, I'm a huge fan of sleep. And I had many years when I get stressed, which was really my anxiety. I really couldn't sleep for a long time. And so I have a very strict hygiene schedule, sleep hygiene schedule. So two to three hours before bed, there's no food. These are turned off. My lights are dimmed. The room becomes cold. And then 30 minutes before bed, I put the phone away and that's my cutoff time because it's really hard these days to really get rid of the phone for many hours. Some days I can, but I do that 20 to 30 minute before bed for sure. And I keep it pitch black in the room and I'm really dedicated to making sure I get that sleep hygiene so that the quality of the sleep is really good because everything the next day hinges on how good Mm. my sleep. Yeah, that's really good. These are great questions, guys. Keep them coming in. I'm going to give you a quick rapid fire one from Zalisa. Planning the day helped me a lot. Still feel guilty at times. Best supplements to avoid antidepressants. Oh, that's a good one. So sun is my favorite supplement. I know it doesn't, it's not a physical supplement, but like getting light into your eyes and going to your brain, it rewires a lot of things going on in there and helps you with your mood. Some people think depression is actually a circadian rhythm disorder, and that's like the basis of it for so many people. So really working on that. And then vitamin D, if you're low in vitamin D, that's been shown many times to help boost mood. I love to have a tea or coffee. Caffeine timed at the right times can be really great for mood and motivation. And then really nutrition, there's no like supplement that can outdo a really great gut healthy diet that's going to help you grow that bacteria that's going to basically create the mood chemicals. I can suspect some questions coming up. It sounds like you've got a lot going on. There's definitely a team behind you. What was the, what was this timeline of your team growing? Who was your first hire and then how's it evolved? What does the team look like now? Give us a vision for building a team. One of my friends gave me this real great analogy. She is, if you've ever done any bodybuilding or fitness stuff, you know that there's a bulk phase where you're growing so fast that you need to hire all these people. And then there's a cut phase where you basically say, okay, out of all the people that I've hired, there's some superstars here. And there's some people who are almost like holding up the boat and Mm. which ones aren't really doing, serving you as you thought maybe they would be, and maybe you change their role or change, get rid of them altogether. So I think that I built really fast over the last two years and I had tons and tons of help, different types, but it turned out that a handful of them were doing most of the most impactful work for me. And over the last six months, I've really tried to pick those superstars and promote them. And then get rid of some of the people that I didn't need anymore. Who's your first hire? My first hire. Oh gosh. I can't remember if it was my assistant. I think my personal assistant was my first hire and she actually left for a year because she got married and I was crushed. And then I was so excited because about six months ago, she came back and she said, you know what? I want to work for you again. And I was like, yes, because she knows the business. She's been with me since it was so small. That was my first hire and probably still my most impactful hire, because I think that she does so much for me. Um, She's very talented. We got now a lot of specialty questions come in here. I'm going to try to get to some of those, but your social media, I have a question. Social media is on fire. You got a great page looking at your Instagram account here. 
just share some of your your processes for producing content is it batched in advance but some of your just best practices for creating an atomic bomb of content on your page yeah i have the best tip for everyone okay just like the Beatles, they said that when they performed in Hamburg at twenty at a 24-hour club is when they created their best content. That's what I feel like social media is. You are, I push myself to create new engaging content every single day that's better than the day before. And I need to learn from the audience feedback. I need to learn from what is really lighting my fire and creating mm. something that kind of matches that. And it's like, that thing where if you're performing at a 24 hour club, you need to come up with good content all the time. And it's gotta be better. Sometimes it's a flop, but sometimes mm. you hit the hit. And that's what I think. Uh, that's freaking good. I really do. That's really good. It is because even the top marketers, I know one of my good friends, he runs a nine figure supplement company. He says, when he sits down to write an email, he has a spreadsheet beside him with his top 25 emails from the previous five years. And he's just looking at the top three, trying to figure out how do I beat that one? And that's yeah. the mindset. Now, where do you draw your inspiration now that you have that standard? Yeah. So basically then you look at, there's so many different variables at work. So if you find out what works, build on that. So I try to, like you said, beat out the ones before. And sometimes I just do something out of creative inspiration that I think may or may not be a hit, but you just throw it out there because you want to share that with the world. Sometimes I'm doing it just because I want to share it. And that's the one that actually becomes the new hit. So that's how I just keep changing. And I know my voice better because I know, okay, this is what's resonating with people. So I find it really helpful in creating my landing pages, the copy for my products, the content for my books, because I'm like, I know now what people like, want, don't like it with, feel inspired from, and it helps me build the next thing. Awesome. Hey, let's do some quick rapid fire questions that are more niche specific to your expertise. Then we'll come back to some vision questions. All right. What are your top tips for balancing hormones? Um, hormone balance is gut balance. Okay. So everybody, nobody realizes that when they're trying to balance hormones, it's actually that gut, that gut brain connection that I'm talking to you about, because when your gut bacteria talk to the rest of your immune system and your hormones, they create the change in your brain to change the hormones. So if you're trying to improve your thyroid, if you're trying to improve your estrogen, testosterone levels, fix your gut first and watch those things start to fix themselves. There's no one pill or one supplement that you can take that is going to take that work away from you. The best foods for gut health. So my favorites are foods with fiber. So what we've done in this world is to make things convenient. We've taken out the fiber out of everything, right? So we live in a fiberless world, a hyper-processed, 75% of our food is ultra-processed. And so we want to go back to foods that are full of fiber because that feeds that good gut bacteria. Fermented foods, which is things like apple cider vinegar, kombucha, kimchi, even yogurt and cottage cheese that it's a probiotic is things that feed the gut. And then the third thing is polyphenols. So polyphenols are brightly colored vegetables and fruits like blueberries and peppers and things that have bright colors. Tea actually falls into polyphenols. So does coffee. Those things feed that good gut bacteria that's going to help you feel happier and help your metabolism and all of those things. That's great, guys. If you got more questions, keep them coming. I'm almost done a few more of my own. So in order for your business to continue to grow, I always like to just get a tad personal, like what things do you have to avoid, like personal shortcomings that you need to get support on? Because a lot of us, we just self-sabotage. We don't yeah. take care of, I describe it, the engine under the hood. Where do you need to continue to stay focused and supported in order to keep growing? My biggest thing was that I was trained to be a doctor and I never got a business education. And that really was a Achilles heel for me. I kept thinking like, I don't know how to run a business. I never learned how to run a business. Like I've never run. And I just kept saying to myself, like, I need someone else to come in and help me with this. Or I need, and what I didn't realize is that 
it's not rocket science. Like you understand your business the best and you know how to sell things. Like I knew how to sell things, but I still thought, oh, I still don't understand business. Like, Hmm. and that was my Achilles heel. And I had to get over that. I had to say, no, I know my business. I can run a business. I can be a CEO. I can make money and make an impact at the same time. That was when things started to change for me. That's really something that I have to work on always. Where was that resistance? That's really interesting. Where was it? Or how was the resistance coming from to say, you're not, you don't know business. Yeah, I think that I I just thought, oh, I was this altruistic doctor. I don't know how to take a run of business. And when I would hire these people to help me, they would send a scammy email and be like so aggressive. And what I realized is when I buy because of a certain feeling or I want to change my life or whatever. So I started to realize like, I had to be more involved in the process of selling. And just because someone was a specialist or Facebook specialist or funnel specialist didn't mean that they know more than me about my own business. And so I think Mm, that was when I started to say, wait a second, like, I know that I don't have a business background and I was never trained and I don't have a degree, but I know how to sell to my perspective, um, like perfect client. And so I need to take the reins on that. I hope that was worth the price of admission here for you all today. Cause that, no, that's huge because I remember my wife used to say that too. I would tell her to do certain things and she said, that's not going to work. And I'm like, and she would be firm. She's no, I know my woman, I know my girls and that's not going to work. And, and I think that's really crucial for everybody to hear today because many people on this call are in coaching programs and have great coaches and have great masterminds and great advice coming, but you have to make sure, wait a second, will this lane and a part of being successful is being able to, to make it your own and ensuring that you do own what's unique about you is what you're describing and you can't repackage something else or it's no longer you. So I thank you for sharing that. And these business tricks and hacks and things that work for someone else may or may not work for you. You just have to test it. So I test everything. If I think that I want to try a new way of selling something, I test it in a way that I feel authentic about it and see if it works. And if it works on a small scale, then I make it a bigger part of my business. That's fantastic. All right. What would you say to someone here who's just feeling like vision? You're this, I don't have it. Like, where do you get it? How do you find it? Where do you tap into to figure out your vision? If someone said, Dr. Amy, I need help with my vision today. That's that's your client today in the office. I'm here to help. You need to help me with my vision. I think the vision part really is the most important part because you can work backwards from there. And the vision for part for me only happened when I thought about death, because just like you, I've had a lot of death and disease in my family and I see it every day. Right. And whenever I see people at their final stages, I always wonder to myself, like, what is it that they wish that they had done differently or what impact would they have made or what, how did they want to live that they didn't get to live? And I think that helped me form my vision because that Mm. finale, that feeling that you didn't get to do what you really wanted to do in life is a horrible feeling and you really don't want that. And so I think if you can think of it and that situation and then work backwards, that's the ideal situation. I love it. I have one more question that we're going to take everybody's questions. By the way, guys, if you're just joining us and you guys haven't done a story this is your time to pay it forward. Pull your phone out, do a little shot of us and tag us both, share it on your social media and just pay it forward. We'll repurpose this on my YouTube channel and on my podcast for anybody who missed it live here today. So be sure to do that. We'd appreciate that a lot. So how do you cascade your vision through to your team? That I think is for me, one of the hardest things to get your team to buy into your vision. And like, how do you get them to care I would love for you to speak on that. Then we'll do some Q&A. That's a really great thing because when you're building a team, you'll realize that there's some people who don't have the same vision that you have. They're either doing this because it's a paycheck, which no, that's no problem, but you have to know that so that you know what goals that they're going to fulfill. So my biggest thing is to show them that this is impacting more than just my bottom line, their bottom line, that wow. this is work that the world needs. And I think if you understand that, hey, this is work that I'm doing, but I'm also making an impact, I think that helps them a lot. 
That's really good. Yeah. Just reminding them repetition. Like one of the most rewarding things for me is when we have our live events and our students come, but more importantly, our team comes and they get to put the names, to faces and they get to interact and they get it here. Holy cow. And that's so important. So you got to always ooze with vision. Are you ready for the rapid fire round? Yes. <laughs> All right, Cindy, what days of the week are your clinic days? I do clinic every single day, but I do just two to three hours every day. I mean, nowadays, how do you deal or break through the resistance? What's your mindset around it? My mindset around resistance is just to be fearless. Every time I've done anything and failed, it wasn't as bad as I thought. So just do it. It's good. From Neil, spirulina or chloror? I can't even say that word. Chlor Thank you. Sometimes Both. you embarrass yourself when you're live here. Superfoods. Both are good, about? but remember that these superfoods, and they're both good, but remember, you don't need to fill your life with thousands of superfoods. It's like getting new shoelaces for your shoes. You really just put, need to put in the training. Interesting. This is an interesting question. I know, Jake. Jake, what, what are you asking here, bro? Have you ever had to compromise in your vision to keep growing? That's a very interesting question. I think... The biggest compromises I had to make to myself is I want to grow financially. Sometimes I've been offered big money to do things mm. that I didn't want to do. And I think I those have been the hardest decisions because you really have to decide what does this fit into my vision? And if not, how do I reconcile that? That's really good. Yeah, that's really good. Do you recommend fasting for men and women? Yes. And uh, yeah, Ruchi, definitely check out her page. It's, she's the fasting MD from Ursuline. That's a really good question. Cause I'm a coffee drinker. I have a question about coffee. I feel like it gives me a boost, but an equal and opposite crash versus if I don't have any caffeine at all. I think that caffeine is really healthy. Now that the studies are out, the problem is that good thing can be bad in large doses and the wrong times, right? So mm -hmm. you really have to remember that it's not a linear curve. Oh, if I, two cups are good. So I should probably have six. No, <laughs> two cups are good. And then after that kind of goes downhill. So know your limit, but it can be helpful. That's great. Christina has a question. I don't know if we have time for this. What is your top detailed recommendations for gut health, sleep, and energy while the body is with Lyme's disease? Yeah, that is, Lyme disease is an inflammatory condition when especially chronic. And so the things that you would want to do to lower inflammation would help you doing that. So that's things like going back to the pillars of good nutrition, the gut health foods that we were talking about, the circadian rhythms, getting outside. Don't underestimate the power of a daily nature walk. I think that could really transform so much of the other stuff. And then of course, there are some specific things with Lyme, but we don't necessarily have time to go into that. But really remember that don't lose the forest for the trees. Like they say, stick to the pillars of good nutrition, good sleep, good sunlight and exercise. And then everything else is an extra on top of that. Amazing. We're going to do three more rapid fire questions here. And uh, this one's really good. Actually, I'll draw it off at Christine here. So three or four really quick ones. Beat is, he works in urgent care and sometimes doesn't even get a break. How do you balance clinic work and days with growth on your business? Absolutely. You need to set boundaries. So pandemic was great for me. Two, three years ago, whatever, I basically decided that I was going to grow my online business and that it was okay for me to cut down my clinical hours, even though that meant seeing less patients, get making less money in that part of my business. And so I just had to draw boundaries because yes, when you're there, you have to be all there. And then when you're not there, you want to be all there in your new business. Hmm, that's great. How did you know when you were ready to take the next step to go on online, making the transition? I thought a lot of people are in that transition state. They know they want to, but how did you just pull the trigger? There's all this fear. What if it fails and you got to invest money? What, how did you pull the trigger? The biggest thing that I learned is that let it happen naturally. I think we hear all these people saying, no, you have to make a decision. Like you have to go all in or you're done. And I realized that wasn't true, at least not true for me, is that it, it will forcefully happen. I had to put boundaries on my clinical business because this business was growing too fast. And now I will continue to put boundaries on the things 
that like my clinical business to grow the other. And it's almost like it doesn't happen. Like it's not black or white. It's like a long gray period. That's great. Are you reading the questions there? You got a kind of personal one there. I don't know if you want to address that one, but I know there's a lot of married folks in here. How do you maintain the, how do you maintain the intimacy in the relationship with all this stuff going on? Yeah, that's a great question too. I think it just like we said, with juggling things, you don't have to be good at every single thing. You don't have to even be good at a thousand things. You have to decide the five to seven things that mean the most to you mm. and spend your time and energy making those things strong. That's fantastic. And last question for Mark, he's one of our board members. Do you have any other physicians or practitioners on your team? Are they currently looking, are you currently looking to grow your team? And I, I know what he's asking yeah. So are you looking to grow your team and what does your team look like of physicians or practitioners? So right now I just have health coaches as part of my team. There's no other physicians or practitioners, but I would be open to it because I think, like I said, I think it's the concept that we're trying to help people and grow together. And I'm always happy to collaborate. That's amazing. All right. Well, Hey guys, let's give Dr. Amy Shaw a big round of applause on behalf of the seven figure mastermind, yeah. six figure coach and everybody in our community who's joined us as a guest today. We're very grateful for you sharing your time, your expertise, your story. So tell the audience where they can follow you and where they can get more in tune with your world. My website is amymdwellness.com. That's where all the things that umbrella, where I share about my speaking, my books, my products, my social media, everything's there. My social media as at fastingmd. And just like we talked about, I think that's a great place to see um, how I learn from my mistakes or the things that work for me and my audience. Like you'll see, I'm always trying to create new content, different types of content, testing new things out. It's like I'm at that 24 hour Hamburg club all the time. Yo, yo, thank you so much for listening. I hope you got a ton of value. And as a token of my appreciation for enjoying the show, if you don't mind leaving a five star rating as well as a genuine review, whether it's a sentence or a paragraph, that's up to you. I would like to extend my gratitude by sending you a free sample of my all day energy formula preload. It is the world's only all day energy and focus formula, and you will love it. All you got to do is head on over to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, take a screenshot, and then send it over to me on my Instagram account at Vince Del Monte with your home address, and we will get that shipped out. You are amazing. Thank you, and we'll see you in the next episode.